Welcome to Tag Talks Happy Hour with Ajit Kara. One part small talk, all parts real talk. This is the part of the day when Ajit gets to know the people behind the job titles at Tag. Hello, my name is Ajit Kara and I'm the CEO of Tag Americas. Welcome to my happy hour. I decided to do this podcast because I've always said that I believe that Tag has the best people in the world. It's our biggest asset. And I wanted to do a series of conversations to understand what makes the person tick, what's behind the folks that I have the pleasure of working with. Um, and that's why I'm doing this podcast. I'm joined and produced today by Kaylee Stansfield, who is producing this podcast. Hey, Kaylee, how are you? Hi, Edit. Doing well. How are you? I'm very well. As usual. <laughs> I noticed today you are well-coordinated. Those earrings and dresses match perfectly. <laughs> you know I try. I know. It looks great. And today I'm delighted that I'm going to be speaking with Sarah Tolkarski. I've probably said that surname wrong. Uh, she's a senior account director in our business, and uh, I'm delighted to have a conversation with Sarah. Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Adja, very much. Cheers. Cheers. Just don't tell you it's 11 o'clock in the morning. Well, you weren't supposed to say that part. Mm. <laughs> what do you think of the wine? It's lovely. Excellent. Good. So thank you, Sarah. And so, Sarah, where are you from? Where were you brought up and where do you live now? Well, I grew up in Tallinn, Connecticut, about 20 minutes outside of the University of Connecticut. Yeah. Let's see, moved to Colchester in Connecticut, then moved out to San Diego for a brief time, which I don't get to talk about enough. Well, why did you move to San Diego then? I opened a brand new casino out there. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So Penn National Gaming has a huge portfolio nationwide, and they opened up a new Tier 1 casino out right. in San Diego. I've always been into California, but I've never had enough family out there to actually settle. Been into gambling too? Blackjack, you know. <laughs> <laughs> So what made you jump? I mean, you're going across the country, yep. setting up a casino. Yep. What does that entail? Tell me about that. Uh, a little bit of your soul, a lot of your right. soul. So it was nine months after I got married at the very most. We were going down the kid path. Did husband come with you? Husband did come with me, so talk about a commitment. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, absolutely. So we moved out there, uh, let's see, 16, 2016, beginning of them. Yeah. Moved out there for the new opportunity. I was courted, I suppose you'd call it, by a general manager that was out there in Penn National Gaming. It's someone that I had worked with prior for basically a head of consumer marketing role in San Diego and basically set up the entire footprint from wow. start to finish. So from construction to actually putting every branded footprint, production, creative team. So in work, you are someone that does many different things. You've never said, this is not my job. And I think that that experience helped that in terms of you're worrying about construction to marketing to Absolutely. hiring talent. It's a hell of an exposure for a young person. I appreciate that very much. I think uh, the more you get exposure, the more you round yourself as a professional, the more the opportunities open to yourself. You know? And what was the most challenging thing about getting a casino up and running? When I've been to casinos, it's very well thought through. So in Absolutely. Vegas, it occurred to me that there are no clocks Yes. There are no windows. They pump oxygen food to make you feel more. I mean, it's a machine to ensure that folks gamble. And did you have to think all these things for it? Well, I think the way you said it best was that there's no clocks, right? <laughs> and so there wasn't a clock for my role either. And that's probably why it was a two-year stint that I was out there. But personally, it did take away from my time with my husband. It did right. take away time from beach volleyball out there. Yeah. But professionally, a couple of the opportunities that I've had in my lifetime have been the ones that have rounded me out that have, I'm not sure the perfect way to say it, but kind of beaten me up enough to the point of where you don't take things too seriously and you understand that it's a career and you just begin to see new opportunity out of that. And that's probably what the gaming industry just generally means to me because I've had a couple of 
stints in gaming so far. And, and what's your view? Because obviously it's grown extraordinarily in the last few years yes. with sort of more deregulation, more online gambling. I've always found it saying that one needs to be slightly careful of. It's okay to do in stints like most things, but it can be easily addictive. Yes. Gaming-wise or as a business leader in the gaming industry? I think gaming-wise, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's a completely different culture than what we do, you know, nine-to-five marketing, you know what I mean, that type yeah. of thing. Um, and each culture sees it differently. A lot of Asian clientele see it as luxury and affluence, whereas out here it's look at not as highly. Sure. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. but either way, it's super fun. You know, you have access to beverages, yeah. restaurants, <laughs> all sorts of Hollywood feels. So that's honestly what kept me oh, in that's it. That's interesting background. And then yeah. what made you come back? Was it family or fed up of the hot weather? It was family. It was family without going into too much detail. Just, you know, mother, father needed support. And I missed I missed my friends. Missed I had my network out here. I did miss yeah. the seasons. <laughs> I love summertime and I love permanent beach weather. But I truly did miss what kind of walks you through life as that transition. I was talking to someone from California who has come from, because I'm in Connecticut, as you know, and on the East Coast, it's the fall and the leaves. And they'd been in California for many years, and they said that they simply missed the fall and the smell That's of the exactly. leaves. And the whole autumn piece was a big part of what they missed. I'd probably totally piggyback on that. I don't miss much of the spring unless it's right now on a beautiful sunny day, because you usually catch rainy days. But... Even the snow falling around Christmas time, it's weird to put lights in a palm tree. So you mentioned your husband. Yes. The surname Telkarski. Telgarski. Telgarski. Yeah, yeah. And where's that from? Czech. Czech. Czech oh, okay. so, yep. I heard there's a little island of Telgar out there or something like that <laughs> that it originally came from. It's always in the root somewhere. We spoke about him. He's a man that likes to serve, isn't he? He is, yeah. Too much so sometimes, yeah. you know, whether it's close civil service or whether it's global. He was a Marine. I shouldn't say Thank was. You for service. Yeah. Of course, of course. He was a Marine. He's currently a firefighter, paramedic. He's all about serving. The reason why he became a paramedic was actually because of the station fire 20 years ago. Wow. His aunt passed away in that. Oh, and it goodness. was a huge opportunity to give back because he was so close with her. Yeah. 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 I'm mentioning it because I'm obviously incredibly impressed with what he does and how he achieves that Thank because you. I'm always impressed with the folks that do these kind of services. They throw themselves into any difficult situation. And when Absolutely. you are in a difficult situation, we rely on those kind of services to help us. Family are quite important to you, aren't yes. you? You came out for your family. And, Big time. And yeah. When you were a young child, mm -hmm. tell me a bit more about your earliest memories and what you love to do. You know, what's funny, Ajit, is that I had a wonderful upbringing with two really loving parents, but I can't remember anything under seven, six years old. And I get made fun of for that pretty often. I don't either. Because, yeah. And I have friends and family that remember back to three in memories. Yeah. A couple of my first flashes of reality and moments of when stuff came to light. I remember one time being in front of Disney World with oh. my Nana. For some reason, it's like a flash in front of the Magic Kingdom and just generally spending a lot of time with my parents down by the shoreline, Connecticut shoreline in Niantic. There is, I've got to be honest, it's one of my favorite places. They seem to do it so well. And I think Disney Universal, that whole kind of concept is you can either be two or 65. Yes. And there's something for you. I, I don't agree. know how they do Absolutely. that. And I wish the world was like that you know when you walk the streets and they have music pumped through and it's all clean i wish the oh, world was actually like that yeah i always see it as a little bit of the it's a small world moment where you're yeah it's so calculated and so planned and entertained but i'm going to embarrass you now because oh, obviously in disney go. and obviously yes. there's this connected to sea world and etc and, and and dolphins oh, I, I, is that Here where you go. got your incredible talent <laughs> to be able to mimic a dolphin so, i knew i'd regret mentioning this <laughs> so when i was a child i i discovered the fact that i could make a noise and my parents 
I mean, they wanted to come after me for it uh, with, with my cheek. I will make it for you, but Kaylee, Kaylee turn your head. <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> so I made that oh noise my, oh my walking around my house, what I think is like three to four years. Oh and so God. now it's a big inside joke at the family. Like the kids try to do that it. So my funny. cousins try to do it, but you know, no one can I, keep up. I got to guess that was amazing. <laughs> I didn't even do it that loud. I can do it louder, but it's a podcast. You do realize that I'm going to want you to do that at the start of all of our meetings now. <laughs> Exco. <laughs> David, we have something to say. Exactly. I wish. Can you teach me? That's yes. awesome. That's yes, a talent. It is. I can imagine that also driving your parents utterly crazy. Completely nuts. <laughs> Completely nuts. And then continue after you found this amazing skill of yours. <laughs> yes. So rather than going to the showbiz industry, yes. you like to travel a lot, didn't you, as well? But how did I you get into travel. this industry? Well, this is kind of odd, but I remember a moment where, Kaylee, you'll enjoy this. Sorry to keep calling you because I know it's Ajahn and I, but um, (laughs) from a marketing perspective, I remember a moment that I read an article that was talking about how color. So to give you a little bit of background, my major in college was hybrid of communications, a dual major and psychology. I love the psychology of um, marketing and what it brings to your thought process, right? So this article was talking about how yellow and red emote a certain feeling, you know, yellow of hunger, red of urgency. And that's why McDonald's originally chose their color for the golden arches and a lot of where their marketing ties into the background of psychology. And I kept thinking about like, I don't think I want to go down the business marketing path. I think for me, it's more about the emotions and the psychology of it. And as you and Lyndon know, I love a little bit of persuasiveness, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it does work. I'm sure my children, when they hear this, will not appreciate this story. But I always tease them that when they were young, uh-huh. their first words weren't mama, papa. Uh-huh. When you drive past McDonald's, the little hand will go up and they go, McDonald's. Oh, that is so cute. <laughs> Nuggets, they, please. They don't know if it's true or not, but I think it is true. That's what they used to do. There's a whole marketing around that. They are one of the world's best marketeers. Oh, absolutely. I follow a couple of people on LinkedIn just because, again, it all ties back to the psychology a lot of times in their advertising. I was always taken by when someone explained to me the original Coke bottle that I remember as a young child, when you had the bottle, the Coke uh-huh. bottle, it felt very reassuring. It felt wonderful. Huh. And this is the glass bottle? The glass bottle, yeah, exactly. The glass. And there was a lot of thought and design put into that to make it associate that when you held that bottle, yeah. there was an emotional attachment to that. And to this day, I still believe that the Coke that you drink, if you can find it from a bottle, is better than if you can drink it from a can. Huh. I could see that. Yeah. Corona's better in Mexico, too. I don't know if that's relevant, but I remember... That could be the amount that you drink. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get made fun of for this one. I'm going to have a glass of wine, sip of my wine now. Please do have a sip of your wine. Continue with the theme of, you know, what's the scariest thing that you've done that you can recall? Well, I'll take this down a funny path, right? Because I haven't done anything that's hugely fearful. I'm sure moving was a big one out to San Diego, but from... A funny path. I went to New Jersey. I don't even remember where That's I was. Fearful. Full stop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're offending people some people. Out Sorry for all those I know, people in New I know. Jersey. I went to New Jersey and I always end up doing rides on a dare. Like I'll pretty much go on every ride, but I won't be the one to initiate it myself. But someone will tell me, you know, let's go on it. And many people might have seen it in the media or gone on this ride, but it's the ride where two people step into what's like a race car set up with the five-point harness, and they put you into a gerbil ball, and they pull you. I don't know if you saw this little meme, but there was a bird that hit someone in the face one time and like permanently injured their face because they were going at such a fast 
trajectory into the air. So anyway, I got put into a gerbil ball, pulled towards the ground, and launched into Sounds outer space. Unbelievable. <laughs> that was a little scary. And I wonder if that guided you, because I'm going to replay back a slightly amusing story that when I came up to see you and your client, upstate Connecticut, I went to the hotel and then you picked me up and we had to go and see the client. And folks may know that I do like cars. You picked me up in your car. Oh, God. And I sat in the front seat because you had all yep. the baby seats in the back. And then I was... This is when I first joined, Yes, yeah, so right? it wasn't like that we were late, but I was slightly fearful of my life when you took me from point A to weren't. point B. You said yeah, you was. weren't. You lied to me. <laughs> <laughs> but the reason I'm saying is you, you drove quite confidently. And, oh, that's very nice of you to say that. And way. at a rapid pace. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> if you remember, we were talking to Kingsley, but I almost missed the exit. That's true. And I felt like we had to be there on time for the client. Yes, so. yes. It was a, it was I, a, I'm sorry I, I took I, your life in no, my hands. No, that's fine. I felt I was on some sort of funfair ride. Oh. <laughs> I won't work. do it again, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a bit more about your favorite person and why. Well, not to pull up the heartstrings, but you and I all relate on this one. You know, my father is a really important man to me. Yeah. He's the one that, down to grassroots, really established some of my work ethic, really... Uh, drove me for excellence, yep. crossed the T's, dot the I's, just a really, really good soul. And anyone that meets this man, he's still around and he's still my bud, which is amazing. You know, he was just at Jack's T-ball game last night with me having some fun, That's chasing nice. the baby. Yeah. Um, but he's just an amazing man. Everyone calls him a teddy bear. Everyone calls him salt of the earth. He's just a really good guy. And he came from a place, so he's raised in Northern Italy. Yeah. Um, Northern Italian, strong work ethic, really, really nice guy. So he settled me up for a lot of my career drive down to the fact that he owned a golf center in the middle of nowhere, Connecticut. And I remember running the register back in the day and he said to me, like, this is exactly how you should treat the customers. And I think that is what ties me back to your business today. You know, we're very fortunate. We have similar, different reasons in that, you know, my father was a big influence in my life and he had his own business. And like with you, being involved in his business at a young age just taught you certain things oh. around customers and cash and stock and ethics and people yes. that you work with. And yeah, I was exposed to that from a young age. It's actually quite an incredibly valuable experience. Absolutely. And, uh, and the polish that's needed with a customer. I mean, you know, he owned a golf center, so it was down to every little detail. Yeah, you know? yeah. Customers come back or not. Absolutely. Every single person counts, not just your general assumption. Yeah. You know? No, that's amazing. Yeah. And then... You talked to him coming from Northern Italy, and was that when you went to go and see where he was brought up? Yes. What was Italy like? Because we're planning another Italy trip. My children want to go whilst they're now adults so that they can drink their way down oh, the yes. Italian coast. Absolutely. Um, or any business acquisition. Send me out there. <laughs> so I felt the most at home when I went out to Italy. And this is such a weird thing to say, right? Because I grew up in America. I grew up as Americanized as it came, you know, small town, Connecticut. But when I went out to Italy, it was, and my father said this too. He was telling me a story about being in some volcano in Southern Italy. I should remember the story better. Long story short is when I went out to Italy, just something about it felt like home. Right. The cappuccinos tasted better. Yeah. My hairs never looked better than <laughs> when I was in Venice. You know, it actually looked like it's supposed to look as opposed to the frizzball up in Connecticut. It was just something about it that just felt like home. And my husband and I even talked about, and I'm sure this won't happen, but who knows, the idea of, you know, retiring out there in Cinque Terre right. or like something in the southern, in southern Italy. Just love it. That sounds wonderful. And it didn't work for me. I went to India and my hair still didn't stand up. <laughs> I look the same. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I can't tell. <laughs> Thank you.
Now, Sarah, thank you for being such a great guest. But this is your opportunity now to ask me anything. 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 Two things come to mind. One is on the lighter side. Okay. You came up to visit and you gave me a tough time about my driving skills. Can you tell me a little bit about your belt buckle? <laughs> That's a very interesting story. <laughs> so my my belt buckle has a beer opener as part of it. So that it's always available to open a bottle of beer. Just generally speaking. You never know when you might need to. And we were with a client and the <laughs> bar had shut. And so we bought from the concierge some beers. And then I used my belt buckle to open them. And you have this fantastic picture of me and the client looking well, at me. You know my, I have a picture. You do. I didn't know if you knew yes, I had a picture. I absolutely know of the client. That hasn't that gone way. anywhere, for the record. <laughs> it's in my phone. I do flash it up every now and then, but only to our most loved people. It was purely in the service of opening my client's beer. <laughs> that was the moment where you told them that you wanted world domination, right? <laughs> Global exactly. domination. Exactly. <laughs> the other thing is, you and I have touched on this, but we haven't talked about it deeply. And, yeah. and I guess just to ping pong this back to you a little bit, you talked about being raised in business, I hope you don't mind me saying, but I know you've raised a couple of them, shared a couple of smaller, larger businesses yeah. in your lifetime. Yeah. I would love to hear just about that journey from those small businesses to what led you as CEO of Tag Americas. Thank you for the question. It's uh, in simple terms, and there's a lot in there, but in terms of the essence of time, I think keeping to your roots, very much like what you do and what you've learned in your background, sticking to the simple formulas that I think exist in a small business and a big business, mm -hmm. which is you look after your people, you nurture and nourish your people because your people ultimately will connect with customers. And if you keep customers at the heart of everything you do, those two things go well together and you can build the third piece, which is a successful business. So it's people, Great. clients, and building a successful business. Great. And I know there's a lot around that, but I think keeping focus on that is always the challenge that you can be distracted or you can overcomplicate things. And so keeping it in line of sight of these things, in my view, is the way to do it. But you know, I'm sure many other folks will agree or disagree. But it's yeah. a good question. Thank you. I think um, parallel to my philosophy, absolutely. I can totally get behind that because sometimes we drown in the numbers. Wink, wink. <laughs> now, Sarah, thank you so much for doing this podcast. You're a wonderful person, a huge asset to the organization, and I hope you keep up your passion of Italian food, family first, and that your natural curiosity with clients and your people and you grow and groom people really well. So of thank course. you for everything you do and thank you for your time. Of course. Thank Cheers. you very much for having me. Getting on the dolphin. <laughs> oh boy, here we go. Okay. There's a cat too without doing that. I used to be able to do it better. <laughs> that is amazing. Your turn. <laughs> Join us soon for another episode of Tag Talks Happy Hour with Ajit Kara and learn more about the people behind the job titles at Tag.